0: Please join me in prayer. Prepare our hearts, O God, to listen and accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may obey your will, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The scripture reading today is from the New Testament, the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28 listen to the word of god they went to capernaum and when the sabbath came he entered the synagogue and taught they were astounded at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out what have you to do with us jesus of nazareth Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed. And they kept asking one another, What is this? a new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God.
1: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer, amen. About a decade ago, two researchers from the University of Kansas asked parents of babies and toddlers to wear recording devices to study how many words they spoke each day to their little ones. They determined a goal for the number of words that a baby or preschool aged child would hear each day at 30,000 words, although most people averaged 20,000 to understand 30,000 by an equivalent measure, that would be reading The Cat in the Hat 18 times every single day to a child. I'm sure some of you can name the book that you read to your child or your grandchild so many times that it felt like it was 18 times a day. Similar research has then attempted to track how many words an average person hears each day and has come up with numbers that range from 20,000 to 50,000. And there are so many variables that we could come up with as to where that number lands. Is it if you live alone or with others? If you're employed in a job where verbal communication is a big part of it? If you could quickly rattle off to me the names of your top five podcasts? If the words Siri and Alexa come out of your mouth on a regular basis and While I was writing this, I asked Alexa, what is your favorite word? And very much enjoyed her answer. So if you have an Alexa, go ahead and try that yourself. And if you don't and you want to know, come to coffee hour today and I will tell you. Or maybe if you're a teenager who hides an AirPod in your ear most of the day so that you can have a continuous soundtrack to your life. I also bet that the pandemic has changed, if not the number of words you hear, certainly the method by which you hear them. Very few of you have heard words from me in person in almost a year, but you have heard a lot of words from me through a screen, your phone, a TV, in that time. Words are necessary for our development as humans. They are necessary as a way of keeping us connected to each other. But they can also easily overwhelm us as we sort through the sea of them, maybe even the barrage of words we live in. I remember the first time that I was pumping gas and that video came on and started talking to me. And I was surprised and didn't like it. And now I'm just used to it. The concept of the meaning of words in this sea or this barrage also feels increasingly charged to us, politicized as fake news has entered our common vocabulary. Although you may recall that Stephen Colbert coined the term truthiness a full 15 years ago. It doesn't surprise us anymore when someone says that they don't believe statistical data or rigorously reviewed science. And as the senate soon begins an impeachment trial on the article that the words of the previous president incited an insurrection words and the accountability for their impact is very much on our minds these days but not just us the disciples and inhabitants of jerusalem or capernaum also lived in a world of words of competing authority and authenticity, words of regimes and power, Pilate famously declares what is truth a full 2,000 plus years ago, or 2,000 years ago. As Jesus enters into these world of words, our world of too many, or too many wasted, of lying, of words that offend or words that pretend, ones that manipulate and hate, of words that cause violence or disrupt hopes for silence, Jesus enters and he doesn't just cut a pathway through it, but he makes all the rest of them just fall away. Jesus is the word and he is the word of God, God who spoke everything into being. The seven words that Jesus speaks in our scripture today join with the ten words he spoke in the passage that Pastor Scott preached about last Sunday, and those join with the thousands of words that Jesus will say in the Gospels, words that define what real power, authority, and authenticity looks like. Because here are some things about Jesus and his words. He never lies and he never lies to you. He will never pretend to be one way, only to turn out to be another. His words will not belittle you or call you or a group that you belong to unkind names. He does not make fun. Although first century Judaism scholars will tell us that he is funnier than we realize because we often miss the context for his good humor. His words have your flourishing in mind even when they are hard, even when these words speak the truth in and with love to us, even when they aren't bringing you what you want at that time because you are flourishing and what you want aren't necessarily the same thing, at least they are often not for me. His words will not cause you to feel shame even when they're about the thing about which you feel the most shame, likely because somebody else's words put that inside you. His words will not cause you to hate anyone, including yourself, and they will not make you feel higher about yourself or a group you belong to than you feel about others or another's identity. Those are the nots and the nevers of Jesus' words. But here's what they will do. Be more powerful than any spirit, force, demon, evil, degradation, sin that exists in this world, and be more powerful than any words from humans that have ever tried to remove or cast out or fix or exercise those very things. They will cause for seemingly happy fishermen to upend their lives just to hear more of them. They will invite us into the kingdom of good news good news. It's good words that we're invited into. They will leave crowds of people amazed, astounded by their authority, their newness, their power. So if the Gospel of Mark were turned into a movie video, we could make a meme of all the times that Jesus finishes speaking and the people who hear him turn to each other and say repeatedly, what is this? Who is this? With very amazed faces. Ones that can overpower with a be silent. Anything that is against Jesus, that is taking up space within us, our own unclean spirits within. Call to come out from within us. Anything that does not further the love of God in the drama of our one human heart and the love of God moving from within us through us to our families, friends, neighbors, country, and world. They can cut through all the noise that tells us who we are as being not enough of something and instead tell us that we are claimed and called and sent. And then all of these verb words to forgive, free, heal, love, reconcile, redeem. These very words of life. I love the moment in this scripture when the voice inside the man knows it has been beat even before Jesus turns his seven words in his direction. Because whatever story that unclean spirit was peddling it had so many holes, but maybe ones you couldn't see in the darkness. But once that light of Jesus is shining in its direction, or even just near it, you could see that it was holding tightly around this person by threats. It reminds me of what St. Augustine said once about evil, that it isn't to be answered, it is to be overcome. Jesus doesn't engage in debate when provoked by this spirit who says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus gets asked two questions, neither of which he dignifies with an answer. No response of his words. There is no debate between Jesus and the powers that work against God. Just enough with you, be gone, overcome. David Heim wrote an article on the Gospel in seven words, where writers and theologians were asked to sum up the essence of the Gospel. No one offered Jesus seven words here in Mark 1, be silent and come out of him as an example. Pastor Scott will appreciate that Walter Brueggemann sent in a six-word entry and then said that he rested on the seventh. Mary Carr wrote, we are the church of infinite chances. Martin Marty, God through Jesus welcomes you anyhow. And Beverly Roberts-Gaventa suggested in Christ, God's yes, defeats are no. But I think that Nadia Bowles-Weber's entry comes closest to the word from the word in today's scripture. We are who God says we are. We are who God says we are. Any other words about you other than the ones that come from the word? See the light through the holes and let him call them out. For he has the power to do so. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we pray today that your word would be the word that we hear, the word that we claim, the word that we build our lives around, the word that helps fall away all of the sea and barrage of words around us may we dedicate our lives to the following of your word ever more so. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.